the Saints won a game. That is right. The Saints won a game. They've improved to four and seven. Still, you know, a weird season with the way it's gone, but there's a lot of good that happened today, and I'll talk about it right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. As always, guys, the Straight Up Saints podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. You guys can use promo code BOOT with a $5 bet, and if you win, you get $150 in free bets. Again, promo code BOOT, as you see below. So, yeah, the Saints won, man, and I know this has been a terrible season, and there's times where you can get frustrated about it, but you got to kind of enjoy the wins when they come, and there are plenty of reasons why. I, I think there is a path to kind of look towards optimism, not towards the season. I still feel like this is a year where you're looking at a team that's not going to make the playoffs and more downs and there are ups and more, you know, lows and highs. And I get that. But the first observation I made when I watched this game is, man, I hope the Saints get Chris Olave a quarterback. And by that, I mean a franchise quarterback, the type of guy that those two can create a connection that will last way beyond the 2023 season. You know, you're talking about for five, seven, maybe even 10 years, one of those type of connections because I watch Chris Olave and I think he is that special. Coming into this game against the Rams defense that, look, the Rams defense has been solid this year. It's not the type of unit that is just dominant, like even, let's say, the Saints last year or maybe, you know, a couple of, like the Broncos from seven, eight years ago. It's, it's not a, a wrecking crew in that regard. But this is a Rams defense that still has playmakers in the secondary like Jalen Ramsey, like Taylor Rapp. And I wanted to see how Chris Olave could go up against that unit. Well, five catches over 100 yards and that long 50-yard touchdown. He looked pretty good. He checked another box off. And again, that, that was the main takeaway while I watched this game. I sat there and I said, Chris Olave is wide receiver one. Uh, no more discussion. I know people will say, well, what if Michael Thomas comes back? I don't know how that situation will ever play out. And I think even if Michael Thomas does come back, we have to be fair to, to all parties and be like, man, you don't know if he will play a full season, unfortunately. So with that said, I think that it makes sense from here on out to declare Chris Olave as wide receiver one. I would have done it before today, honestly. If I knew that I wouldn't just get, you know, people arguing on Twitter about nonsense. But I think after today, there's there's no more debate. He has lived up to the hype. He's been everything we thought he could be and more as a rookie. So now the only the only knock I really have on Chris Olave is he's taken two monster hits this season. I'm not blaming him. Unfortunately, those are the way the balls have been thrown. But if we just eliminate that and, and his long term health is good, there's nothing he can't do and nothing that, that I watch this season where I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. He, he's been that good. And I wonder if you guys feel the same way where you're like, man, just, just get Chris Olave, a franchise quarterback, and let him go to work. And that's going to be fascinating to see. And I'm very curious to see how that plays out. So that was one thing I checked off while I was watching this game. Another thing that kind of stood out to me, Jarvis Landry made some plays today. Three catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown. The Jarvis Landry experiment, I'm not going to be like it's worked out terribly because he's missed a lot of games this year because of the ankle injury. That's one. Two, when he was fully healthy week one, he was outstanding against the Falcons. And three, it was a one-year deal. So this was always like, well, if it doesn't work out, he's a free agent anyway. And I love that aspect of it. But what I'll say about a game like today is Jarvis looked like a solid wide receiver too in critical situations, especially in the red zone. That's where he really stepped up. And that's where the Saints have struggled a lot this season in the red zone. But Jarvis looked good there. And that's something that, again, I can't make this any more clear. This this win doesn't change my perception of the Saints. I still think the Saints are a bottom-tier team in the NFC. But I think if you're going to have some good moments down the stretch, get to 7-10, and 10, guys like Jarvis Landry are going to have to step up. And the reason I say get to 7-10 and 10 is if they don't get there, I, I think that's where the Saints have to are going to take the coaching change. Not whether or not they should. You guys know where I stand on that. But if they're going to, I think it would be under 7 wins. So if they're going to get to that 7 mark, Jarvis will play a big factor. And I think Jarvis today, in the red zone, had a good connection with Dalton, and he looks like a solid veteran wideout, which is what you paid him to be. And if he could stay healthy, I wouldn't mind if the Saints bring him back. I don't think his market's going to be crazy next offseason. He hasn't been healthy enough or productive enough to warrant that. But games like today where he has a solid outing, that stands out to me. But someone who does stand out, and, and I'm not the only one who feels this way, a lot of you guys do, Jawan Johnson has developed into a very nice tight end. Like, I think he has turned into a serviceable player at this rate. And now the question is, over the next couple of weeks, can he continue to build off that? You know, coming into this game, he had 28 catches for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Now he has over 340-something yards, and he has 30-plus receptions and five touchdowns. And Jawan, again, former wide receiver, uh, 
transferred over to that tight end spot. And he's been good. He's been pretty good. And I think for Jawan, the plays that I like today, there was a lot of moments where he's kind of in that blocking stance and slips out and makes a play. And I think that's really, really important because we know he can receive. I mean, he's, the guy's a wide receiver. He's going to catch the football and make plays in the passing game. But can he sell off as a blocker, make those plays, and keep the defense honest? You know, there's some tight ends when they come in, defenses know whether or not it's going to be a run or a pass because they know the personnel that they like and they know their specialty. I think for Jawan, you are seeing him turn into a little bit more complete of a tight end. And that's really good to see. I tweeted it, and, I, and I'll say it again. In a season like this, you're looking for small wins. And guys like Jawan developing nicely, well, then I get to put that in a, in a different category as, okay, you want him on the roster next year. You think you have something there. That's great to see. So kudos to Jawan Johnson. He has really stepped up. And I know you guys are probably confused. Like, when's the last time Chris has been, you know, positive about the Saints? It's been a while. It's been since the Raiders game. But I, I have to be truthful about what I see that looks good. And those are some things that I really, was really impressed with. Now, two things that... I'm not going to say we're negatives. One was unfortunate. The other one's just odd. The unfortunate one is Peyton Turner. Makes a big play on fourth down. Run stop. He's trying to get out of the pile. And the offensive linemen on the Rams just kind of fall on him. Not, not intentionally. Everyone was just in that pile up. And they crash down on his leg. He's ruled out for the game. He has to get taken out in a cart. That is just unlucky in every sense of the word. He's trying to get out of the pile. He's ready to celebrate. And that right before he's about to get out, fall right on his ankle. And my first thought is, I hope to God it's nothing crazy. And hopefully it's just maybe a sprain. And if it's anything major, then you just feel for the guy because he made some plays today. I actually think Peyton Turner at this point has played decent enough this season that it's like next year, I want to see what he can do in a bigger role. This way the Saints can decide after that season, are you picking up the fifth-year option? Is he good enough to be your starting defensive end on one side of the football? So for him to get injured and now you start to question, is he going to get any more reps the rest of the season? That really concerns me, and it's really unfortunate. So I, I do feel bad for Peyton Turner. That is an unlucky injury. Those are the type of injuries that I don't want to hear anyone complaining about the medical staff. What is the medical staff supposed to do in that situation? The, guy, the guy's getting up out of a pile, and they fall on his ankle. So I feel for him. The other comment that I was talking about that was more weird than anything, Andy Dalton had a good game. I, I'm not going to sit here and say he didn't. 21 of 25, three touchdowns, no picks. But... You know, I tweeted at one point in the red zone, he took a sack that I thought he should have just got the ball out quick. Uh, I know people are saying that, that he really had no chance. I'll go watch the play again. I thought he could have got the ball out quick. People said he had no chance. Fine. Whatever. We could, we could agree to disagree, or I'll even be like, hey, you know what? You're probably right. But I tweeted that out, and I, I had a good amount of people that were like, man, Andy Dalton played great today. Don't understand why you got to be negative. Uh, he looked awesome. I thought Andy Dalton had a solid game, but like I want to make this very clear. I, I've said it from the jump, and I'll keep saying it. The Saints don't have their franchise quarterback on this roster. It's not Dalton. It's not Winston. So, yeah, when, when Dalton plays the way he played today, and he sure as hell will be the starter next week, I thought, yeah, that good game. But I leave it at that. Like I don't think there's anything more to be said because I know he's not their franchise guy, and I know that Andy Dalton's the type of quarterback where he played really well today. If he has three turnovers against the Niners next week and they get blown out, it wouldn't surprise me. So that's the only reason why I just pumped the brakes in those moments and I'm not just sitting here going nuts over Andy Dalton's performance because I can't, you know, I'm not just going to race what I saw the last two weeks and what he might do next week. So kudos to him. I thought he was really efficient today. You know, one of his inc incompletions was a drop from Kamara to start the game. He, you know, there was a play where someone's like, oh, he had AK open. The Saints end up scoring two plays in, later anyway. So I, I thought he was good. I really thought he was good. But I think, though, as a fan base, we shouldn't be having agendas about two quarterbacks who are not franchise quarterbacks. I just think that's silly. So, And, and that kind of goes on to another point that I want to discuss before I get into your comments. So whatever you guys have up, I will definitely pull that up. The Saints are at their best when they use Taysom Hill. 20-plus snaps today. They, they used him in a good amount. Like I said, it was the, the right dosage, right? Nine carries for 52 yards. By the way, the Saints are 3-0 and this season when Taysom Hill gets nine carries or more. 3-0 and this season. So Taysom Hill usage was great. And when the Taysom Hill usage is great, and it was today, that takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback. That means less reps, which means less opportunities to fuck up. And I think for Andy Dalton, that's perfect, man. Keep using Taysom in this variety, right? And, and when you do that and you get him on the field more, you put defenses in trickier spots. And th this is not a world-beating offense. You need seven out there. He's your one of your best playmakers, if not your best playmaker in terms of versatility. So 
I thought that was a huge plus today. The only knock I have on Taysom Hill's usage, and I'm very curious to see how the Saints go about it moving forward, in the red zone. thought there were some moments today, two drives in particular, where they settled for three, and especially the last one that they settled for three, I was like, you you got a, a, an Andy Dalton pass to Chris Olave. It's low. Chris Olave kind of scoops it up off the dirt almost and gets to around the three. And right there, I, I thought Taysom should have been in for the next play. Saints keep Andy in. He takes that long sack, and then the drive basically stalls. I, I think that's where Taysom's got to kind of be used. I don't want to be nitpicky. I just think in the red zone, I can be nitpicky because, hey, you got to score touchdowns, not field goals. So I, I think Taysom Hill usage, thumbs up on that. I do think he could get a little bit better in the red zone, but, man, he had over nine. He had nine carries. He had a reception. He had three pass attempts. That's good, man. That's I would love to see that more often because, like I said, 3-0 and when the Saints get Taysom Hill nine, to, uh, nine carries or more. And I'm not saying if he gets nine carries, it's an automatic win. That's not the point. The point is, though, when they get him more involved, their chances of winning do go up because your drives go longer, your drives are more successful, more points, better chance of winning. It's Sometimes it is that simple. And I think for the Saints, when they don't overcomplicate it, you see better results. So I, I that was a huge check for me in this game. Now, two more points before I get into your comments, and we're going to have some fun about it because, like I said, I know this season has been great for the Saints, but you got to enjoy winning football games. If you sit here like a grump and like, oh, man, I can't believe they beat the Rams, and now they're going to keep DA, that is no way to watch football games. Like, just because I may want Dennis Allen gone does not mean I'm going to sit here and be like, oh, the Saints won. Uh, Saints won, damn it. Like, no, fuck that. I'm glad the Saints won. It's just a better week coming up when the Saints win. So I think for New Orleans... This is the type of game where you had to win. And, and I talked about it with John yesterday on the pregame show. I said, so many people are like, oh, the Saints are getting blown out. And uh, my response was, have you watched the Rams this year? And the reason I said that was, as bad as the Saints have been, the Rams have been just as bad, if not worse. And we saw that today. Now, no Cooper Cup, offensive line banged up. That rhymed. Matt Stafford gets knocked out of the game. You got to win those. And what the Saints did was late in the game against the backups, they beat them up. And that is what you're supposed to do. No one cares who you beat up as long as you beat them up and you walk out with a win. So I think for this coaching staff, a loss today, I think that's where you sit in the building and you go, man, we got to clean the whole freaking staff out. And that still may very well happen. But it doesn't happen today because you took care of business when you were supposed to. So I will give credit to the coaching staff there. And I'll give credit to the fact that the players played with energy today. Something that I asked about. Would they still have energy in a season that feels lost? Today, they did. Today, especially on the defensive side of the football, man, they look like they gave a shit. And offensively, they had enough explosive plays in the passing game that guys are upbeat. Andy Dalton upbeat. Olave upbeat. Rashid was upbeat. Jawan, as always, was upbeat. So that was encouraging. That was really encouraging to see this team Play with energy. Play with heart. You want to see that, no matter what the record is. And again, for DA and them, they might be one and done. I don't know. But I know that their chances of being one and done would have been way greater had they lost today. And maybe for some of you, that's frustrating. But for me, I got to stay from a neutral standpoint and say, I just want to see this team win games. So I think for them, they did exactly what you're supposed to do. Now, one quick comment before we get into uh, comments that you guys have. Kudos to Caden Ellis. That is back-to-back. That's back-to-back weeks that he came out and he looked like a starting caliber linebacker at a high level. Not like, ah, he's an Alex Anzalone starter. No, he looked really good for two straight weeks. High energy, making plays in the pass rush, stuff, uh, stuff in the run multiple times. He was great again today. And now, this is how I feel about this Caden Ellis situation. I know it's just two games, but if you're the Saints and he continues this in Pete Warner's absence, you start looking around, and I, I don't want Demar Davis to go. But if the Saints retool this team, right, and they're like, man, tomorrow we could trade you to a contender. We're going to need a retool. I think Caden Ellis and Pete Werner can play off each other really well because Caden Ellis is doing a lot of the things that Demario Davis does well. When they use him in blitz packages where he's got that chance to shoot the gap and get after the quarterback, he's doing that. He's reading the run really well. Demario does that at an exceptional level. And I'm not saying two games warrants going, okay, Caden's a future starter. But if he keeps this going... Then you're like, first off, you feel great about your linebacker spots for the future because I think you can re-sign Caden Ellis, and I think the Saints should re-sign him when that time comes. And more importantly, he is a younger option. And I think for the Saints, when you look at this team later in the offseason, 
you're going to have some tough discussions. And I think for them, DeMario's contract is still so reasonable. I think he's got one of the best contracts in football. And he's still so good that if the Saints don't feel like it could be a contender next year, and I'm not advocating for this, by the way. I'm just saying it wouldn't be the worst business in the world. The Saints could ship DeMario to contender, get a decent pick back in return, and still feel good about the linebackers that they have who are both young and attacking play styles with Pete and and Caden Ellis. So, again, I would love to see the Saints go into next season with all three linebackers. That would be my preferred choice. But the fact that the Saints are getting good play out of Caden Ellis and they have three good linebackers right now, that's just awesome, man. That's just awesome. And I know a lot of fans were upset when Quan Alexander left, and I get it because Quan really brings that energy. But the Saints have been really good at the linebacker spot. It's been one of the unit position units that have really stepped up and been kind of consistent this entire year. So without further ado, been about 15, 16 minutes of me talking positively about the Saints, which has been a decent bit. Let's get into what you guys have to say here um, on the Straight Up Saints podcast. First one, just a quick who dat, great game. DJ said, team responds today, enough said. Question then becomes, can you put together back-to-back wins? That's what great teams do. That, that is a great point. I think that's been my, my biggest knock on Dennis Allen is only one time in his career as a head coach has he led a team to back-to-back wins. For kind of put it into perspective, for reference and comparison's sake, Dan Campbell just won his third game in a row with the Lions. Now, I know the Lions, same record as the Saints, four and seven. Three games in a row is three games in a row. The Saints have not won two games in a row this year. And to DJ's point, that is the sign of not just a great team, but a well-coached team, being able to win a lot of games in a row. I mean, the Giants just rattled off a ton of wins in a row with Brian Dable uh, earlier this year. Uh, we've seen teams like the Seahawks, even with Geno Smith. We know Pete Carroll's a good coach. He's been able, with a, diff- a different roster, to get a lot of wins consecutively. So Todd Bowles with the Bucs, they they're coming off two wins in a row. So I think for, for the Saints, that is a big, a big determining factor for this coaching staff, right? And I think if you're the front office, if you see them go the whole season without winning back-to-back games once, how does that not concern you? Because the name of the game is to win and being able to sustain success. And they haven't been able to do that this year, which is why I saw a lot of ups. But all the positives that I'm talking about today are kind of on an individual level because I'm, I'm trying to reinforce what I said on Wednesday, which is the Saints should not blow up this roster. They should retool it, not rebuild. And I, I think we saw a couple of flashes of that today and reasons why. But again, to your point... Can you win consecutive games? Next week, you're going up against the 49ers. That won't be an easy task. And let's say you lose to the 49ers. Well, then after that, you got to play the Buccaneers. That won't be easy. And after the Buccaneers game, you got to play the Falcons. That also won't be easy. The Falcons have been better than the Saints this year. So I I think it's going to be really fascinating to see if they can get back-to-back wins. Because if they go the whole season without it, that's a big indictment on the coaching staff. Space African Jesus says, Rams really had to drag uh, drag that out for an extra 15, 20 minutes because of the Rams. Yep, not not really surprised. I, I kind of laughed at it. Their kicker, uh, Matt Gay, who's a solid kicker, not, nothing wrong um, with him in terms of the, the kicker hierarchy of the NFL. I don't think I've ever seen him make a 50-plus yarder in my life. He booted one from 58, no problem. Uh, that's kind of the, the way it goes against the Saints, but it didn't really matter, thankfully. But I just thought, thought, that, thought that was funny. Troy says, one penalty, no turnovers. That's how you win a game. It is. It is. I would like to see the Saints force turnovers defensively. But when you play clean with the football, you're always going to have a chance, in my opinion. So to your point, you're absolutely right, Troy. And also, talking of clean football, you mentioned the penalties. Penalties have been a big issue for the Saints this year. The fact that they played a clean game today, that was really good to see. Because earlier this week, Dennis Allen said they were going to clean some things up. And people were pissed because they're like, hey, it's week 11. It should have been cleaned up already. And I agree with that notion. It should have been cleaned up already. But the fact that they did clean it up, again, I still think this is a lost season. But I need to see some positive signs. And I I did see a lot today. I would be an absolute asshat if I came in here and talked about, well, you know, I didn't like the way this game. No, they played well. They won the game. That's all that matters. Cooler beats Olave looking like the second coming of MT in terms of being QB proof. Dude, that matters. And I'm glad you brought that up because with Michael Thomas, Breeze, Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, even Jameis, the first three weeks of the season, MT was doing his thing. And and to your point, Chris Olave, Chris Olave has been playing with Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. When you rank quarterbacks around the league, it's not exactly like the elite group that you're playing with. So I am I am glad to your point that you brought that up. I, I think he is a QB-proof type of guy, though, and I, I think that's kind of coming together. Andy Dalton being Andy Dalton, two terrible games and one good game. We still want Jameis, question mark? Um, 
Look, I, I think for the Saints, at some point this season, they should play Jameis because I think the worst thing about this whole Jameis situation is you have people saying they never got closure on it. And I, and I could understand why people say that, right? Injury last year, injuries this year. I've been adamant. I do not think Jameis Winston is a franchise quarterback. That's just how I feel about the situation. He's in year eight. He's not a rookie. I, I think people got to stop cutting him so much slack. But if you are the Saints and you do have a decent amount of money committed to him next year, if you don't win back-to-back games, right, and you lose the next two games, the Bucks and uh, four nines and Bucks, I think after the bye, you would play him. Now, no one should be talking about it after today because, like you said, Andy Dalton played well today. But if you go back into that hole where, to your point, it's one good game, two bad ones, you can play Jameis after the bye because he'll be A, healthier, and B, you want to figure out if you still want to commit that money next year or if you want to get off entirely and get a whole new QB room. So that, that's kind of where I'm at with this situation. Aaron says, hopefully Chris addresses the trick play where all, uh, Dalton had AK wide open. Yeah, so I mentioned it briefly before. People were really pissed about that. I don't blame them. I think Dalton, his vision has not been as good as I thought it would be as a veteran quarterback who does have Pro Bowl appearances, who started his career pretty well with Cincinnati. Thought his vision would be better. Sometimes it really isn't that great. Uh, maybe that's because we took Drew, you kind of take Drew Brees for granted what he was able to do, and then you see other quarterbacks like, oh well, you can't do that. But I'll go back and look again because I think that's something the Saints can go back to later this year. But it's no good if you're not going to hit the wide open guy. To your point, Aaron. So um, we'll, I am fascinated to see how that kind of go down. Mac talking about us needing that win, and, and man, the Saints did need it. Dalton's stat line makes him look like a god. The eye test said he was okay. I think he was solid personally. I think we all agree we need a franchise quarterback. Olave at least deserves it. Yep. I won't even add any more to that comment because I think that is perfectly said that Olave needs a franchise quarterback. The Saints will have to find one for him. And Dalton was good. The stat line will make it seem like he was elite. I wouldn't say that, but he was good. We'll not knock him for playing good football. He played good football. Mr. Game Wall says, what a lucky dub. Could have been a different... Um, Obvious game if Cooper Cup plays. Yeah, if Cooper Cup plays, if Stafford doesn't get knocked out, this game's going to be different, especially the latter part. Stafford made some big throws in this game. Once Stafford went out, the game was over. Bryce Perkins had some nice runs early. Saints settled in, and that was it. Once they settled in and were able to stop the run, that did exactly what they needed to do, and um, that was a good sign there. Abdul says this coaching staff is going to keep rolling with Dalton, and it's going to hurt us moving forward. San Francisco and Tampa Bay are not the Rams. I don't disagree with that. I don't. But at the same time, you know that DA is really committed right now to Andy Dalton. For better or worse, like he's made it, he's made it that, that way. And I don't think after a three-touchdown game, they're going to be like, all right, Andy, to the bench. No, they're going to wait till he plays bad consecutively. They get past the bye, and, and then I think they'd make the change if they make one. That's how I see it. That's how I see it here. Andy Dalton's stats today makes him look elite. Only he plays like this every game. Well, yeah, that's why he is a, a kind of journey, a journeyman quarterback at this point, right? Last couple of years, Bengals, Cowboys, Bears, now on the Saints, bouncing around a little bit. Andy Dalton's a fine quarterback. That, that That's the furthest I'll go, right? Like, he's an average quarterback at times, can be a good game manager. He'll finish this year with decent stats, funny enough. But like you said, stats don't always tell the whole story, right? Because you play well one game, and the next two games, you don't really do much. That's not great. That's not ideal. Aaron asks, what was Jarvis' contract this year? So it was one year, $3 million, worth up to $6 million with incentives. I don't remember the exact incentive numbers, but that, the one year, three is what the Saints were on the hook for. And then the extra three, you could earn in incentives. But I think a lot of them are through individual stats. And I don't think he'd be able to earn all of them because he's missed a lot of time this year. Max says, before the season, I, I pegged Juwan as our tight end one despite the depth chart. Uh, good call, though. Good call. So that that is that has been um, one of the few bright spots this season, Juwan Johnson's development. And I, I said it earlier, and I'll give him credit all the way through. I think there were times today where Juwan looked really good. And for the next, well, Saints got six games left this year. It's, the season's kind of flying by at this point. I, I want to see how he finishes it off. I, I think Juwan, if he can, continue this up. All right, maybe the tight end needs next year is not as big as we all think it is. Would you love them to add a tight end? Sure, but Chuan and Troutman are fine tight ends. They're not great, but they're fine. You know, I'm not, I'm not worrying about that. Connor says, still not buying into it. I need them to win back-to-back before I believe in them. Yeah, I think, I think that's the way we should be about it, right? Compliment them on what they did good today because I think it's just 
wrong to not say what they did well if they have a good game like they did today. But on one hand, we saw with the Raiders, right? 24-0, great win. And then you look dead for two weeks. So I, I do agree, right? I, I want to see what the Saints can do. But I'll be honest, I'm all like tapped out on rants this year about this team. So if next week they play the 49ers and they get their teeth kicked in, I'm just going to come here. You guys are going to hop in the chat and we're going to be like, well, that's why we said we can't believe them. They got to win multiple games. And that's probably where I'll leave it at. But I do agree, right? They played well today. Thumbs up for that. But you got to win multiple games in a row in the National Football League. And, and like I said, man, Detroit Lions are the same. They got the same record as the Saints. But you know what? They've won three games in a row. They're going into their Thanksgiving game feeling good. And that's nice to be building momentum at this point in the year. You know, Dennis Allen's never won three games in a row in his career. Dan Campbell, he's got three wins in a row. And I'm not saying like the Lions, you watch out for the Lions, but that means something to get your guys consistently playing their best football. Max says, you think there's any chance we win the division down a game and a half to the Bucks? Yeah, of course there's a chance. I just don't think they will. And it stems off them not winning multiple games in a row. You know, like I think the Bucks right now are a better team. I think the Falcons are a better team. I don't think the Panthers are a better team. I know the Panthers beat the Saints earlier this year. I, I just think the Panthers are so ready for this draft uh, season to begin that they're they're ready to fire up the mock drafts and get ready to see get rid of this year. But I I just don't think they're going to win the division. Do they have a chance one thousand percent? Because they still play each team in the division three more times. If the Saints win those three games and win one or two more or just one more, eight and nine might win the division because it's so bad. But can they win those games? Right? They struggle to win two games can they win four out of their next six that that seems really tough to me that that's where i lose faith you know so i'm not trying to be a debbie downer i've actually been really positive today the probably the most positive i've been in a while and i will absolutely enjoy this win for the saints but again i don't, I don't think they win four out of the next six and i think that's kind of what they need to win surprise they swap both hill and dalton and reps which i think they should do the same with james I agree wholeheartedly. The Saints don't have a franchise quarterback. What you can do to kind of make up for this whole thing is get Taysom Hill involved a little bit more, takes more pressure off of Jameis, takes more pressure off of Dalton, takes more pressure off of any quarterback you have in who's not a franchise quarterback. Besides the fact that Taysom gets you more yards, Taysom keeps things rolling, keeps things on schedule. So, yeah, I, I agree 1,000%. Troy Sherman, Chris Harris had a bad game, missing a key tackle and getting burnt multiple times. Look, the, the getting burnt part, that's bad coaching. There should never be a moment where Chris Harris is matched up with 2-2 Atwell in space. He's going to get burnt every single time. Before that play, he started off the game strong. Thought he made some good plays last week against the Steelers. I think the problem with Chris Harris, the Saints don't have elite safety play anymore. So aging cornerbacks like Chris Harris are going to get exposed so much more this year than they would have if they played for the Saints last year because the Saints got elite safety play from Marcus Williams. The Saints do not have elite safety play from either safety this year, Marcus May or Tyron Matthew. And I think plays like that show up even more when you don't have that kind of center fielder, as I like to call it, to keep everything in check and make sure you don't give up the big plays. Saints have given up a lot more big plays this year than they did last year. Andy Dalton's like, Rain Man makes great plays sometimes, and sometimes it's like, what the fuck? Well, uh, you're not wrong on that. Caden Ellis has been amazing given his opportunities, but I'm not being fooled by Dalton having the stats he did against the Rams. Extremely soft zone. He had a few idiotic moments, but he played decent. I think that's a fair way of putting it. I think to act like he's elite is stupid. Uh, and to act like this is the turning point is dumb. He is who he is. So yeah, I think it's like good game. Can you do it again? And if you can't do it again, all right. I That's kind of what I expected for you to not do it again. So we'll see what happens. Aaron says, finally utilize Taysom. Amen. Yeah. Uh, God bless. Cody says he didn't have a chance uh, on the sack of the Renzo, but that trick play, there was no reason he should have took the sack instead of throwing a Camaro. Yep. I think that's fair. And like I said, Cody, I, I said on that play, maybe I was a little too harsh and I'm totally okay to be like, hey, I was wrong. I, I saw that play wrong. But my biggest complaint for Andy Dalton would be those plays like the trick play where it's like, that that's easy money. Those are easy money. They're designed for you to have those easy hitters and it doesn't work. And again, Saints won, thumbs up. But that, I think those are the type of plays where you watch the season unfold and you can't say any more louder than this that, the Saints need a franchise quarterback. They need one. Uh, and I don't know how they're going to get one, but they got to find one. So we'll see what happens there. 
If they keep it up regardless, that could get them up the field more. I'm assuming this is with uh, with Taysom, which the answer would be yes. You know, absolutely yes. Olave by the end of the season, I'm tired, boss. Yeah, look, Olave's been freaking outstanding. I'm I'm so pumped that he's been this good. I think Olave developing into what he's developing to. If the Saints go down the route where Michael Thomas is no longer a member of the team next year, I think you feel okay. Like, it stinks, right? You'd be like, ah, oh, I remember the MT era ended in such a shitty fashion. But Olave's here, man, and, and he is your wide receiver one. And he will be your wide receiver one for a long time. I, I feel that way about him. I think he's that damn good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Knowing Pete Carmichael used Taysom perfectly today, for the most part, we will see him a total of five snaps next week. Yep, yep. And I, I think that goes into the whole consistency thing. The Saints don't sustain success. And part of it is they don't use Taysom Hill as often as they should. And he had 10 rushing attempts against the Raiders. And then he had four combined in the Ravens-Steelers games. So to your point, Aaron, if Taysom has a good game today, common sense would be next week you should have another good game. But History tells us they'll probably go back to not using him that much, but they will need to use him against the Niners. I can't make that any more clear. You can definitely see Taysom wears them down, has to get old tackling, has to get old tackling that train over and over again. Yeah, look, I, I think Taysom's a wrecking ball through and through. And to your point, he wears defenses down. And I think that's important because for the Saints, they want to play that game managing, control the clock style of team football. And no one does that better than Taysom Hill. No one, because... He is the type of running quarterback that's looking to dish out punishment. A lot of quarterbacks, when they run, defenders can't wait to dish it out on them. It's the other way around for Taysom. He's the one that is dishing out the punishment. The reason this team won is because they went back to doing the things they refused to use in back-to-back weeks. This defense was still shit today outside of the linebacker play. Yeah, I have two. This is the thing about the defense. Defensive line is decimated right now, so I can't really get on them because no one expect, expected uh Passigno and Granderson to be your starting defensive ends, but that's where you're at. Secondary, again, still no Lattimore. He's been banged up. Safety play is not great. Cornerback play was okay. Could have been a lot better. I thought Adebo, Adebo actually had some nice moments today, which is a welcome sight because, man, he's had a lot of bad moments this year. But to your point, yeah, the defense is it's just not what we thought it would be, and this was supposed to be a defensive-led team. The offense has been better than the defense this year, for being truthful. Connor with the shifts said, I'm willing to bet that we go away from Taysom next game. Yep, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people are going to say the same thing. That I, I think that's going to be a, a recurring theme. May looked better today to me. Must have heard Chris talking about how he's not working out. Yeah, look, I think he did look better today, right? And I'll have to go back again and watch and, and confirm it. But the thing about Marcus May that really frustrated me was no positive plays and, and a lot of negative plays, especially the Ravens game. Didn't really do anything against the Steelers. I thought he looked better today. I, I still want to see more from Marcus May because Marcus May, when he went to the Jets early in his career, he looked like a really good safety. And injuries plagued him. They switched his position. I want to see more out of Marcus May. I just want to see more. And I don't think I would be so critical of Marcus May if the Saints didn't sign him to a contract that said, hey, we believe you can be the replacement to Marcus Williams. But he hasn't been that. And that's where I get frustrated. But I do agree with you, has played a lot better. And if my stupid words are the things that motivate him, all right, let's do this thing. Caleb Norris says, hope we wear those uniforms more often. Super clean. Loved the new uniforms. Loved them. I Call me biased. I think those are the, some of the nicest uniforms the NFL has to offer. They're that nice. And I would like to see them worn at least three times a year. But that's just me. That's just me. I actually have one, a Reebok Drew Brees one of the retro ones from back then. Hot take, I actually like Reebok jerseys better than Nike jerseys. It just felt more comfortable. That's my hot take of the day. I, I thought about wearing it during the game. I didn't, but I love them. I love the stripes on the shoulders. I love the way the pants look. I think the helmet looks really cool with the old-fashioned Florida Lee. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that new helmet. Max says, Rams and Saints in the same boat this season. Crappy beat-up offense, underperforming defense, and that point differential graphic for the final two minutes of the half, both at minus 23. Glad we snapped back. Yeah, I said it with John. They're, they're kind of mirror images. QB play hasn't been great. Banged up offensive line. Banged up on the defense. Really lacking just consistency consistency this year. The Rams you feel a little bit better about. Like you could say, oh, Super Bowl hangover. They'll be back next year. Maybe they won't, but you can say that. For the Saints, it's like, is this who they are? 
Today it wasn't. They look like a good team today, and, and you hope they can get it going. But they are very similar. I, I totally agree with that notion. NFL refs trolled the, trolled the Saints by hardly calling any penalties today and turning their head on the day that the Rams returned for the first time to the Dome since a no-call. You know, Aaron, I wonder if that actually plays any factor in something like this. I'm not saying the NFL's rigged, folks. I'm just saying shady shit happens sometimes, the NFL. And that is an interesting point, right? First time back in the Dome and one penalty? I'll take it. I thought the Saints actually did play clean football today, but one penalty is staggering. Staggering, man. See more people kind of talking about Kane Nellis in the chat. Some people saying just win. Uh, yeah, name of the game, man. Game of the game. Red Joseph says, I don't have a dog in the Jameis versus Andy thing, but regardless, Taysom needs to take snaps, including throws. Yep, that's where I'm at, right? I don't care which one starts, but whoever starts better be ready to know Taysom Hill's getting 20-something snaps because that's how you're going to win games. It's gonna, how are you going to win games? When seven does not play a lot, Steelers game, Ravens game, no chance. When he does play, you have three wins. And, and heck, if I even think about the, the Falcons game, he had that big touchdown uh, run, and he had the, the big run before the touchdown to set it up. So the Saints have all four of their wins on games where Taysom Hill has played really well. That's not a coincidence. It's not. So people could joke about Taysom Hill. The national media can joke about him and overpaid, whatever. I actually don't think he's overpaid. I actually think he would be more underpaid than overpaid if the Saints used him the right way. If they used him the right way, $10 million a year isn't enough for a player who can swing the game that much for you. But they don't use them enough. But when they do, man, spot on. And I do agree with that assessment. 16 minutes of positive talk is more time and possession for you than the last two weeks combined. Yeah, it is. It is. But like I said, I want to be fair, man. When the Saints play well today, and they did play well today, I want to give them credit because I think it would be absolute bullshit if I didn't. Doesn't mean I'm, I'm pleased with this coaching staff. Doesn't mean that I think the Saints are going to right the ship. I don't. But that'd be such that'd be such horseshit if I didn't come out here and, and talk about it. Margaret says Campbell is a far better coach than D, uh, DA. Yeah, some people think about that. Some people think that that's true, and, and I kind of agree with it a little bit. Mr. Game of says, not trying to doubt, but DA is known for not having back-to-back dubs, so I wouldn't be surprised they end up playing bad next week and lose. Uh, yeah, and they're playing the 49ers, who Shanahan two times ago against DA's defense. That was a 2019 shootout. I don't know. It could be rough sledding. It could be rough. While you boys said Andy still made some crucial mistakes, had Kamara wide open on the trick play, stared him down, and took a sack. Yep, and I think that play will play over, over, and over again in Saints fans' minds, and especially if they lost. Thank God they, they didn't lose today, so people won't harp on it as much, but it was a bad play from Andy Dalton. Did you pay attention to all to uh, at all to where Drew was on the sideline during the game? Was he just chilling, giving pointers, talking to coaches? I actually didn't pay attention to that. Drew... I think more than anything at this stage in his career, maybe he can motivate a couple guys. I don't know if he's going to be dishing out pointers. Maybe he will, but I'm just kind of going off what he does when he's on Purdue sidelines. He's kind of there, kind of talking and chatting up and motivating more than anything. So I don't know if he was giving pointers. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the guy's a football junkie, but yeah, that's we'll see. I, I don't know if you guys are going to give him credit for the win. Maybe you guys will. So um, if that's where you're going, that's where I wasn't going to go. But yeah, defense got a huge break when Stafford got taken out. Yep. They did. They did. That's that's for sure. Hell Mendoza says this game show that this coaching staff cannot stand Jameis. I think the coaching staff showed they don't like Jameis with the way they've handled the Jameis situation. That's kind of my opinion. Um, that That's not reporting. That's not facts. That's just how I perceive this situation. I don't think this coaching staff is very committed to Jameis Winston, which is funny because they paid him two years. I don't think this coaching staff wants to go back to Jameis Winston. And I think games like today allow the coaching staff to give Andy Dalton another two weeks, maybe three weeks as a starter, and keep things going. So, uh, yeah, that I, I don't disagree with that. I, I don't disagree with that. Sadly, this is a game that saved DA's job for the season, LOL, maybe even next year. Now we have to keep this false hope moving forward. I don't know if it saved next year. I do think it saved this season. I think if they lost to a beat-up Rams team, like if Bryce Perkins comes in for Stafford and the Rams win, I would be on this podcast for about an hour just saying fire Dennis Allen, fire Dennis Allen, fire Dennis Allen, fire Dennis Allen, fire Dennis Allen. I'm not doing that because they won. But I think that's the type of game that could happen. Did it save next year, though? I don't think so because I think, what if the Saints lose out and they finish the year 4-13? and 13? How do you keep him? 5-12, and 12, how do you keep him? 6-11, and 11, how do you? I, I still question how do you keep him, you know? 
But a win today does save this season for him. Some people are saying it's the Saints Super Bowl. Um, but to Antonio's point, yeah, enjoy the win. Enjoy the win. Bye, you boys. I wonder why they still don't use Juwan Moore. He's been proven he can be tight end one. Drew would reward him with targets. You know, I still think Juwan's learning the position where I don't think he's that dominant tight end yet that's going to get eight, nine targets. I, I just don't. Uh, could he be used more? I think you could argue that you're correct on that. But I think a sweet spot for Juwan has always kind of been four catches, 40 yards. And if he gets in the end zone, awesome. But that seems like the sweet spot, and that's kind of where he was at today. So I, I was okay with these target shares. I think that Juwan has to get a little bit more a little bit more consistent to warrant more targets. And I think he actually might get there. I think Juwan this year has been way better than I thought he could be. And that makes me really excited about his future. So I don't disagree with you. I just don't think he's ready yet um, for the, the big target shares that we've seen from guys like Kelsey, Waller, um, Mark Andrews, guys of that nature. Tonio says, doesn't feel like we have the same record as the Lions. They've been playing more enjoyable football to watch. They have, yeah, and um, my voice gets all rough over here. The Lions have been playing a more fun brand of football. Fun to watch today with the way they played against the Giants. Uh, but yeah, same same records, different styles of how they got there. I think the Lions have been less frustrating. Good to see Olave burn big mouth number five of whose name we won't mention. You might not mention him. I'll mention it. It was good to see Chris Olave burn, uh, burn Jalen Ramsey and the Rams defense. I'll say it. I, that was that was great to me uh, to see that. Tonio says, Sean bringing up on TV that he didn't see any smoke or music going on in the locker room and he doesn't know what happened and seem upset about it and Strahan consoling him. I didn't see that. So I'll go back and look. I was pretty busy before the game started today. I didn't really get to watch the pregame show, but I was fascinated to see what would happen because of the Peter Schrager report about Sean speaking to the team, giving them a pep talk before the Raiders game. He leaves the facility. Saints go back to shit after the Raiders game. Everyone talking about it, uh, you know, the substitute teacher vibes and stuff. I didn't see that. So I'll, I'll have to go find it on YouTube, hopefully, if it is there. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go check that out for sure. Red Joseph says, is there a number of wins where you think the front office would fire Pete Carmichael as a scapegoat without firing Dennis Allen? I actually think Pete Carmichael is gone after this season anyway. That That's just kind of where I'm at with this. I think that Pete Carmichael is going to be scapegoated regardless, even though his unit's been better than Dennis Allen's unit. And I think that for P. Carmichael, he might be like, hey, fuck it. I'll just go coach with Sean Payton again. And I honestly, that'd be the best thing for him, right? Because Sean likes him. Doesn't have to worry about getting thrown under the bus. Doesn't have so much pressure on him because Sean will handle a lot of the responsibilities on the offensive side of the football. As for number of wins, I think six or less absolutely gets P. Carmichael canned. And I'm not saying P. Carmichael should get canned, by the way. I actually think P. Carmichael's been better than DA at times this year. Totally different responsibilities. But I, I'm just saying, like, I would not be surprised at all if P. Carmichael gets turned into the scapegoat. I, and it would suck, man, but I think it's possible. Margaret says Ellis was a bright spot. He absolutely was. Bye, boys. They actually stuck to the run, even though we didn't get a couple of third and shorts, and they should have gotten it. Usually they abandoned the run, and they stuck with the day. Yep. I agree. I the Saints are a running football team. I know the offensive line's banged up, but stick to the run. They did that today. So much harder for defenses when teams like the Saints are wearing you down, and they did that today, and I'm very pleased with that, and I think you're going to have to keep doing that. You are not a flashy team on offense. People have said about Rashid Shahid's usage. Yep. I, I'm telling you, man, Rashid Shahid is an interesting case study. Interesting case study because... He has moments where he looks really good, and then the Saints don't use him at all, and I'm just confused as to why. Some people thought Reebok jerseys were absolutely much better. The Nike ones are kind of cheap. I don't like the Nike ones. I have this weird complaint where, like, by your armpit area, the show, the showing is just so uncomfortable. I know that sounds weird, but I, like, I just don't like it. The Reebok ones are more comfortable. And the reason I brought up the Reebok jerseys, like I said, Saints wore the throwback unis, which you guys loved. And I think that, the, the throwback ones when they re, when Reebok used to make them, I loved those. I have my Breeze one upstairs. I think that that would have been that would have been great to, to kind of stick with Reebok. But I get it. Nike's got all the money in the world. Can't blame them. It is what it is. I've been, wait, I've been waiting to say one of the main reasons we were able to win last year was due to field position. It feels like Gillikin is starting to give us that again. He's been back to normal recently. That's an excellent point. And that, that first off, kind of slipped my mind. So thank you for bringing that up. Blake Gillikin today... 
Five punts, average of 47.8. Blake Gilkins had a bad year. Finally starting to look like Blake Gilkin of old. And to your point, there were times where the Saints pinned the Rams back and the Rams did nothing on those drives. And to your point, field position matters. And I think this is, again, can you go into next year, be, at the end of this year, be like, Blake, rough first half, really rebounded, feel good about him going into next season. That matters. Special teams matter. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's an excellent point. Caden Ellis looks like a better pass rusher than all the backups. He is, man. He is. He's, he's, he is a pass-rushing linebacker in the gap situations. Uh, in any blitz packages, he's been excellent. I really like what he's done. He kind of has that DeMario quality to him when he's blitzing, and Saints need that. Back-to-back weeks with sacks. Troy says, don't want to start rumors, but do you think Drew said something in the locker room? I'm sure he said something to the guys. It's Drew fucking Breeze. I mean, they respect him, and he speaks, they listen. I don't know if he went in the locker room and said something to them. But did he say something on the sideline? Maybe. Maybe a couple of chats here and there. You don't want to play bad in front of Drew Brees, the Saints legend. Some, a lot of them have played with him, against or with him. And you want to show out. And that's that's exactly what the Saints did at times today. Kyle says Jameis needs to play next week. I mean, he's not going to. I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing your point, but he's not going to play next week. This is the type of game by Andy Dalton that allows Dennis Allen to stick by Andy for another two, three weeks. And I, I think that's going to be the case. Some of y'all still bitter about the Niners game in 2019. Yep, it was tough. tough. Great game, though. Neutral fan perspective, that was the game of the year, in my opinion. Max says, nah, I'm betting Carmichael steps down rather than gets fired. That's possible, man. That's possible. The, the, there, there is a legitimate possibility that Carmichael steps down and says, man, I don't want this. A lot of criticism. Not all my fault. I'm out of here. Maybe. It's possible. Troy says, we forgot the Lions have some of Peyton's staff. Yep, Aaron Glenn went over there. AG's awesome. So, um, yeah, well, I, that's, that's part of the equation. Dan Campbell's also a really good motivating guy. Kyle says, what type of offense should the Saints run next year without Carmichael? I don't know, man. That's way too early for me to say. I need to see who their quarterback is. I think that matters a lot, right? I, I don't know what the Saints will do. I'd like them to see get, them get more innovative offensively, but I actually don't think Carmichael is that bad of a coach. I actually don't even think he's a bad coach. P. Carmichael's a solid OC. His personnel hasn't been great this year. There are times where the Saints have looked really good in terms of consistency in moving the chains. Quarterback play hasn't been great. Wide receiver two and three have been hurt because I'm calling Chris Olave wide receiver one now. Your offensive line is now banged up. No RB2. It's tough, man. His personnel has not been great. So I actually don't think, I actually don't want the Saints necessarily to move off of Pete, but. I think that if they do, you probably look around the league, see what the Bills got to offer. I think people like the Eagles OC as well. Those are probably guys around the league you look around, but you can't go from lateral move. So you might have to look at teams' quarterback coaches and see if there's anything there. And I haven't looked at quarterback coaches around the league yet to be like, oh, yep, that's the guy I want. But, hey, Frank Reich doesn't get a, a coaching job. I would take Frank Reich as an OC. I'll tell you that much. Shout out to Malcolm Roach and – uh Passing you for, for stepping up on that D-line. They haven't been great, but they've been consistently decent. Yep. And look, they're playing to their strengths and their roles, and no one's expecting them to be superstars. Just be a star in your role. And they did that today, and I know the defensive line late in the game really got it going. Got Perkins dropping back. Kind of sealed the deal there, which is kind of awesome to see. Some sweeps with Shahid would be nice to see. Yep. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I, I don't know if we're going to get that, but it would be awesome to see. AJM says, how do we fix the inability to stop the run and finish tackles? Cam Akers is garbage and had one of the better games, just like Najee Harris and all these other running backs against the Saints this year. I think tackling is the first issue. They cannot tackle. They cannot tackle. And that's something that DA's been saying for weeks they're going to work on. It. And whatever they're working on, it's not tackling. And they're not fixing it. So I think I've just chalked it up to this is a year where I don't know what they're doing in practice. I don't. But part of it, though, up front, major holes in the run game. And when you have major holes in the run game, now you're putting your linebackers and secondary guys into one-on-one situations in space more prone to missed tackles. So that hurts it even more, on top of the fact that your tackling technique has been terrible this year. So that's kind of where I chalk it up to. I think you want to fix the inability to stop the run? Defensive line has to get better in terms of talent next year. Got to start closing up the run game. They're leaving a lot of gaps in the run game right now. And, and part of it is injuries, right? 
No Cam today. No Davenport. Peyton Turner got knocked out. Defensive tackles got to be a little bit better because when the Saints were dominant against the run, Anyamata was an elite playmaker at times. They were getting Sheldon Rankins back in 2017, 2018, and they don't have those type of guys, you know, at that position anymore. I mean, I, I think, you know, Anyamata is no longer a special defensive tackle. I think he's an okay defensive tackle. So I, I think that's kind of where a lot of it boils down to. Max says, how did Aaron Donald not get a sack against a be- uh, this beat-up Band-Aid O-line? I don't know, man. I, I You know, me, me and John talked about it. Don't let him ruin the game. He didn't ruin the game, and that's great for the Saints. So I, I think that's huge. And I, I think for, for New Orleans, you'll get Pete back. That'll be great. You'll get that. Um, I think you'll get McCoy back once he's done with IR. I do think he will be back at some point this season. I don't know about the left tackle spot. I think the left tackle spot, Hurst will be back, but do you want to start penning? I would actually like to see penning play. But for to your point, though, Mac, for them not to let Aaron Donald, the best defensive lineman in football, arguably, wreck a game against backups, got the ball out quick, some guy stepped up. Prentice had a really nice block, actually, at one point to keep Donald away from making a play. So a lot of guys stepped up in the trenches. That, that's for sure. Bonner says, unsure if it was said, but today proved the Saints offense has the talent to get things done. There are just glaring issues. QB, O-line, play calling, that needs to be addressed. QB needs to be addressed for sure. O-line needs to get healthy. I think, though, the play calling isn't that bad. I, I know I'm going to sound weird. I, I just don't think the play calling was that bad. Today. I thought the play calling was actually pretty good. The O-line could get better, though, right? McCoy locked up for the future. Ramchek locked up for the future. I think you've got to lock up Ruiz. Ruiz has been excellent this year. If Penning is your left tackle of the future, the Saints will have four offensive linemen locked up for a while. That's pretty clutch. And their O-line will only get better, in my opinion. I, I actually feel that way. If Trevor Penning is legit, their O-line will only get better. QB play needs to get better, and we'll see what happens there. And then as for play calling... Maybe they move on from him, but I, I actually think he was good today, P. Carmack. I thought he did a good job. Kyle says, do you think Davenport will be back next year? I think Davenport will be offered a long-term contract by the Saints. Saints will say, go ahead out there, look at the market. If something's greater, that's fine. Go take it. And if not, this is our offer. This is the number we give you. That's what I think they're going to do. They did it with Teron Armstead. They've done it with a lot of players. They did it with Trey Hendrickson. I think that's what they do with Davenport. I don't think they're going to want to get into a bidding war. I don't think they should get into a bidding war, but I do think they will make an offer to Marcus Davenport and say, you can go look around. And if you don't find something, you can come back. Hendon Hilker sadly torn his ACL. It was just reported prayers to him. Do you think we give him a shot since he may drop? He will, yeah, we'll def- he'll definitely drop now, which is just unfortunate. And I, I didn't see that. Um, now nah, I guess I happened while I know he got injured against South Carolina. I did not see that. That was the, uh, the diagnosis. But that that's tough for him. Uh, I, I I will obviously wish him a full recovery. I think Hendon Hooker's had a really nice season. The Saints have done a good job of the Tennessee well. Kamara, Walter Taylor, Callaway, Shai Tuttle. Maybe they would go back to that. I, I just don't know, though, how much it affects his stock. If it affects it a lot, though, I do agree with you. I think Hendon, he throws a really nice deep ball at times. That can work. It's kind of your point that I just saw you drop in the chat down the corner of my eye. Uh, you mentioned Olave, and we talked about him getting a franchise quarterback. If Hooker falls, do you take Hendon Hooker on day two and you bring back a veteran quarterback to kind of run things a little bit, whether it's Jameis, Garoppolo, Dalton. I mean, I'd rather not. I mean, you're going through the bin at this point, although I do think Jimmy's better than Dalton by a big margin. Do they go with that route? Do they go bridge... Raffle, maybe it's possible. I first and foremost wish Hendon Hooker a full recovery and a speedy one. But I think that it's it's a tough one, man. And and the way it happened to Tennessee, they win that game, take care of business next week. They're looking at a playoff appearance, and now the season kind of unravels and your quarterback's out for the year. That's that's a tough break for him. This may be moot because of our picks uh situation, but do you think any of the young quarterbacks in this draft this year for us? Uh, do you like any of the young quarterbacks? I do, yeah, I, I do, man. Um, I look at this quarterback class. Obviously, you guys just mentioned Hendon Hooker. I, I really do like Hendon Hooker. I think Hendon Hooker can be a solid quarterback with the right teaching. I'd love Bryce uh, Bryce Young. I don't think Bryce Young 
is going to be in the Saints' realm of possibility. He would have been if they didn't trade with the Eagles, but he's not. So he's off the table. But I think Bryce gets knocked on for being small, but he doesn't have that star receiver that Alabama usually has this year. You know, you're used to the Ruggses and Judy's and Devontae Smith's and Jalen Waddles. They don't got that this year. They don't. And Jamison Williams and, and, and all these guys that they've had, they don't have them this year. And I think for, you know, looking at, at his situation, he's done a fine job. I, I really like him. He, he has that kind of prime Russell Wilson magic to him. Love watching him. I don't understand the Will Levis hype. I know he's got the size. He's got the arm. He's playing in an NFL-style system. I don't get the hype around him. But I, I don't know, man. I, I think for for him, he's he's an interesting one. I don't think he'll be in the Saints realm either. But I think you're looking at day two. You're probably looking at Hendon Hooker. Some people have texted me that the BYU quarterback's okay. I haven't watched him admittedly. I'll go check him out. But... Uh, that's one that people talk about. I know a lot of people talk about the Stanford quarterback. If he, some people said Bo Nix. I personally don't agree with that. I think Bo Nix is an exciting college quarterback who won't translate to the pros. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. He reminds me a little bit of Sam Ellinger, but better. But that's that's kind of what I'm looking at with this quarterback class right now. And I see bots have uh, invaded the chat here, which is just lovely. So uh, if you guys need new private dating chat, which is disgusting, um, the, the the bots over here have you. Max says, shout out Rankin's iconic Thanksgiving pregame interview. Yeah, he was going through the foods that he liked. He had all the, the good ones, which I can't wait, man. I'm excited for uh, Thanksgiving dinner without having to stress about a Saints game and also getting to enjoy some food. My issue with the play calling is inconsistent. Uh, inconsistency. People have a couple of good calls and then a couple of bad ones. I'll cut him some slack, though, since we can't execute that well. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at, right? That's that's where I'm at. I think that this, this, um, this situation, his personnel is not that good. He can be better. I, I agree with you on that. He is inconsistent. But I do think we got to be a little bit fair there. You know, we got to be fair. If we keep this coaching staff, I could see them liking Tanner McKee. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Tanner McKee, I mentioned before, is a Stanford quarterback that people like. I have to go watch more of his film. I, st- I usually steer clear of Pac 12 football just because games happen so late. You know, Pac 12 football starts at like 9 30, 10 30 at night. And it's like, I'm ready to go to bed, you know? Um, now, when I stay up for Pac-12, it's usually for USC because I want to watch Caleb play because he's the most exciting quarterback, in my opinion, in the country. I think he's that good. And I think for Caleb's uh, standpoint, when it's his turn, Caleb Williams and Drake May, uh, the UNC quarterback, those are going to be guys that people are gushing over in uh, 2024. Absolutely gushing over. BYU could be the uh, Maybe. Bo Nix is a fraud, someone says. I don't disagree with that. Kyle says, what about trading for Jordan Love? That is fascinating. So Jordan Love, this is my this is my theory here, and I and it's not a hot take. I think it's the, the truth. I think that the Packers are going to, at some point this season, be like, hey, we're out of the playoff picture. Rodgers is going to sit. Jordan Love is going to play. And we're going to see what we have in him because we can either A, trade him, or B, we can move him. Uh, we, could, we could make him the franchise after uh, Rodgers. So you can move him or keep him. But they got to figure out if he's good enough. So I think for, for the, the Packers, they're going to have to figure that out. If Jordan Love looks good, what are you trading for? If he looks bad, you don't want to trade for him, period. But if he looks good, what can you deal him for? You're probably still going to have to give up at least a third-round pick, so he would be expensive regardless. That kind of concerns me. Uh, I love Jordan Love out of the pre-draft process, by the way. If you guys want to go make fun of me, you could go on my Twitter and go search up my Jordan Love tweets. I loved him coming out of Utah State. He just hasn't been able to have a full opportunity I would love to see in the last four or five games of the year, he gets four four or five starts in a row, gets to build some momentum. I think that might happen, actually, with the Packers playing terribly. So I can't give you an idea about, hey, should they trade for Jordan Love? I don't know what Jordan Love is. Uh, To your point, though, I mean, if he comes in and he looks good, he would be expensive, though. So that would be interesting. I know some people want to see Jordan Love play. Aaron Rodgers' downfall is one of those where I don't feel bad, and I don't even think it's a downfall. I just think it's a bad year for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best quarterbacks to ever play, but... He's the guy that he makes so many annoying comments that when he starts playing bad, you're like, eh, I don't feel bad. Don't feel bad at all. Alexis says, I'm just happy we won, but it's funny that DA said Andy Dalton was upset that Taysom was getting a lot of snaps with the ones in practice week. Uh, I actually did not see that. So I will go back and look. Between work all week and I'm looking through everything in the NFL, some Saints stuff does actually slip me through. And I guess that's one of them. I did not see that. But look, if you're Andy Dalton, you're not that good. So... 
you need Taysom Hill to get a lot of reps. And that was the case today. And guess what? The Saints won. So that was great. Our bird business says get a younger bridge. I love Jones Huntley and then draft Williams remain 24. If the Saints draft Caleb Williams or Drake May in 2024, I will just cry tears of joy. Absolute cry tears of joy. Alexis saying the DA comment was in the post game pressure. All right, great. So I will go listen to the post game pressure now that uh, I'm going to wrap this up. It's been really fun. You guys have been great as always. Saints are four and seven. Nice to see them actually get on the win, in the win column for the first time in, the, in a decent bit. Can they win back-to-back games, though? That will always be the question for the Dennis Allen-led Saints. It's been an issue this year. They have not been able to do it. We'll see if they can next Sunday against the 49ers. But for now, Saints win. You can enjoy your victory Monday, and hopefully they can get something going. If not, we'll be back here to assess, as always, win or lose. We'll have a podcast here for you guys on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Huda Nation. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Enjoy your Monday coming up. Love speaking to you guys, as always. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast.